welcome to this week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today I'm with Mike and Michael and we've got lots of interesting events that we're going to be chatting about. But what are you guys going to be bringing up? Uh, well, I've got loads and loads of science talks in various pubs and various different times and, and also Wolves. The football team? <laughs> no. Okay. The real life action stars. <laughs> and Michael? And I've got a couple of really interesting theatre pieces at the North Wall Arts Centre and the Oxford Playhouse. Uh, also an exhibition at the Old Fire Station. What have you got, Ollie? A bit later on I'll be talking about a party and a film, but first off, our Common People competition has just been launched. Uh, so for a chance to win a pair of VIP weekend tickets to next weekend's festival in South Park, you just need to go to dailyinfo.co.uk and follow the link on the homepage uh, and enter a fun little quiz, which we're not really too worried about getting the right answers to. It's kind of a bit more for a bit of fun. And it's themed around Craig David's Seven Days tune because he's going to be playing at the festival, along with Duran Duran, Primal Scream, KTB, Public Enemy, The Sugar Hill Gang, The Chuckle Brothers, rather <laughs> randomly, and many more, including Mike, who will be there performing with Temple, Temple Funk Collective, and Daily Plays, Richard Brotherton, who will be performing with Oxford City Singers, both on the main stage on Saturday. Are you excited, Mike? I'm very excited, because, as we all know, 11am on a Saturday morning is the <laughs> classic headline festival slot. Well, I wasn't going to mention the time, but it's the main stage. <laughs> Same stage as Duran Duran, that's pretty cool. Uh, the VIP tickets will get you not only into the festival but also access to the fast track bit on the gate and the nook which is a vip area with a great view of the main stage comfy seating shorter queued bars and posh loos which is kind of worth almost worth the extra posh loos are always worth it good. or just go home because you're near everyone's house <laughs> uh, yeah it's going to be in south park next weekend tickets are 55 pounds for a weekend ticket if you uh, don't manage to win the competition but do enter on our homepage. Yeah, it's incredibly cheap for a festival really cheap and especially those headliners that's pretty cool if you can't wait that long for a festival though wid is this weekend in braces park jen spoke about it at more length than last week's podcast but it's a lovely easy festival of music and nature and very family friendly there will be many workshops including poi family yoga coracling wooden den building and spoon carving and two stages worth of music. Tickets are 8480, including booking fee. And it's just a single bus ride from Oxford. Though if you do arrive by bike, you get a free pint. You do. And also the car parking encourages carpooling. So if you it costs tenner, but if you have more than five people in your car, you get five pounds off. You're going to that one as well, aren't you? I am, yes. But I also go into every single festival. <laughs> <laughs> Busy lad this summer. And uh, continuing the events of this week. At the North Wall Arts Centre on Thursday, uh, there's a rather beautiful looking piece called the Blind Man's Song, uh, which combines physical theatre, dance, um, mime, the music plays a big part in it too. On the stage, I've described it as looking like a Samuel Beckett play designed by Renee Magritte. Ooh, um, so that makes me interested. Oh, instantly, yes. Uh, so a bit minimalist and a bit surreal and rather elegant altogether. Are there many umbrellas? There, there are... I didn't... I couldn't count umbrellas. There are definitely bowler Pipes. hats and obscured faces. Mm, okay. <laughs> oh, I'd love if there was a train coming out of a fireplace. That'd be really good. In a set. <laughs> Tiny steam train. Sure, it's not long before someone will have purloined that idea. Mm. So there's a musician at the centre of the piece who is reminiscing, or is he dreaming? Um... Uh, about a relationship and this week 
Katie spoke to Guillaume Piget, one of the three performers in the piece. So I was just going to ask you about um, what inspired you to create Blind Man's Song, who you play, what the story's about, uh, what the process has been like. I mean, the main question that was leading the, the original exploration was, why do people kiss? Uh, because obviously people have been painting kisses, sculpting kisses, uh, taking photos of kisses for, for, for hundreds of years. And so, so I was very fascinated by it and I wanted to explore, you know, a kiss. And so, um, so I got a team together and we, 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 we practiced a lot, <laughs> um, but we didn't find the answer. What we did find though is that in the act of kissing, people usually decided to close their eyes. That became the, the main thing for us and, you know, that people decided to, to, to shut off one of their scents and, and focus on, on, on the world inside, on, on what was happening inside. And, and so little by little, we, we decided to, to go fully for that and to really, to really take that to an extreme and to, and to place the show within the imagination of someone who, who's never seen the light. And that's where the, uh, the blind man comes into place. Mm. Um, and, and what was really exciting about this choice is that um, it, if you've never been able to see, then then your perception of the world is is obviously um, everything becomes a metaphor because you know when you touch something you have to imagine what it could represent and so and so that became very juicy theatrical language because obviously we you know as as, as you know as theatre makers and mimes we you know we're interested in in creating metaphors on stage and 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 making. You know what's not visible inside, uh, visible on stage, and so, 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 so that was really exciting. Um, and following on from that, what, what became even more exciting is that obviously none of us in the team are, are blind or visually impaired. So, so if we wanted to do things correctly, we had to we had to you know explore things around the questions like you know what what does it mean to live in a world with no sight? And so we worked for several months over a year and a half um, with blind and visually impaired people. Mm-hmm. Um, in North London, uh, with the Hanger Phoenix Group, um, and so on a weekly basis, I would go in and and interview different members as they would be doing daily activities, um, um, and and that you know that was incredibly rich and grounding and 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 fascinating really because you you, you do learn about things that you not normally consider, mm-hmm. um, and it helps also us to go beyond the cliches of you know. Obviously, people with no sign, they, they have a better sense of, you know, they hear better or they, they touch better. But, but what, what's beyond that? And I, I think that's what, what was really interesting. Yes. Um, and, then, and then the last thing that was really inspiring at, at the start was also, I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the painting by René Magritte, mm-hmm. a Belgian painter. Yeah, and, and maybe you've seen it. It's The Lovers. Yes. I mean, obviously, all, all his work is surrealistic work. It's, it's, it's really inspiring especially for that piece. But, but this painting in particular was really exciting because it's two veiled lovers about to kiss. Mm-hmm. And I think what was really exciting was not so much what they were hiding with the veil, but what they, what they were revealing, I think, is the exciting bit. Um, and, and I think that's what, you know, we, we sort of took a little bit of that aesthetic and, 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 and worked with it in the show and tried to, to make it our own. And, and, um, and, and so that's what we've been working with and then and then one last thing that was really inspiring as well was um that i mean a f- a f- the work of samuel beckett in general but specific plays such as um you know play that he did for television called hey joe several characters from from him were also really interesting like ham for instance the blind man in uh, endgame 
was, was you know interesting for us you know in terms of the look of of, of our blind man and also the look of, of of you know his room you know this room at the end of the world so it's sort of dead dead end of the world dead feeling that was really um really precious to us and that we tried to, to sort of capture as well in terms of the atmosphere i suppose yes. um that was really really inspiring so so in a nutshell that's uh that's how we started yes. <laughs> and to hear the full interview uh, listen to the oxcast extra on the main daily info site so in these memories dreams whatever they may be were shown the world as perceived by this musician who is the blind man of the title so um, we have faces obscured by masks we have people interacting and dancing cautiously around each other so as not to collide um, it's yeah, I find just very inventive ways of getting that across. Um, the main performer, Alex Judd, is also the composer uh, of the music, which plays such a big part um, in this production. So, so it kind of plays on the idea of memories being a recording of some kind, like a, a tape being rewound, so the the actors will suddenly rewind as well, um, in sync with the soundtrack, or speed up, or repeat, repeat, repeat. Uh, so it's been getting good reviews since uh, starting at the Edinburgh Fringe last year. Um, looks technically impressive and really actually beautiful. Um, it's called Blind Man Song. It's on the Northwell Arts Centre. Um, it's Thursday at 8pm and tickets are £14, £12 concessions. Uh, so do you know about the Psychologist in the Pub series of talks? I do not. Tell me about them. Okay. <laughs> um, they've been going for quite a while, actually. It's a longish series, and it's one of these really cool science outreach things where... Well, Oxford's one of those cities where there's an amazing research going on all the time, and it's all locked away in labs and colleges, and no one ever gets to see it. And so there are loads of outreach things that go on, like Psychologists in the Pub, where you go and have a beer and listen to a talk, and it's great. Uh, so this one, which is on Thursday at the Wigan Pen at 7, um, is a talk by Daniel Jolly, who's a lecturer in psychology at Staffordshire Uni. Um, and he's highlighting some of the potentially damaging consequences of conspiracy theories. So whereas before maybe they were seen as fun stories and people made them up because it was fun to indulge in, mm. now they're having more damaging consequences like the anti-vaccine movement in America. Right, OK. Terrible things happening. Um, and so he's going to talk about the psychology of that and how things have changed and how we can help perhaps interesting yeah but it got me thinking about extra wacky fun conspiracy theories <laughs> okay so a few up. here are a couple dragged off the internet <laughs> uh, the first one is real life men in black so oh. what yeah so everyone's the seen... flashy light thing to make you forget stuff yeah exactly oh so the men in black the film uh, is about this agency that's protecting earth against aliens and making sure that they don't find out but Conspiracy theorists will have you know that they do exist. And they turn up every now and then when someone has a fairly strong UFO story. (laughs) And um, they kind of are generally described as they're wearing black suits and they have a very pale face with very red lips and then no hair at all, (laughs) including eyebrows. (laughs) Do they have the flashy pen thing, though? They do have a flashy pen thing. How would you you know? How would you remember? Uh, Well, a couple of years ago, they were caught on video at a hotel. Ah. Of course they were. Of course they were. It's two men in... Was it Comic-Con? It may have been. I wouldn't say that it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) What would you do with the flashy thing that makes people forget stuff? Um, It'd be so useful when you've got the fear after a night. It's like a pointed question. <laughs> wow. This is the second thing this podcast remind me of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> but the favourite one that I found was the idea that the pyramids 
weren't tombs, they weren't monuments, they were electrical power plants. Oh, oh I see. Um, and they, there I don't see of, actually well, how would that be the case <laughs> well there are a lot of architectural elements that aid the theory so the outside is built out of a good insulating uh, tufa limestone yep. whereas the insides are built out of granite and a different type of limestone that do conduct electricity they're also built on aquifers which I didn't really understand a lot of this but it was something to do with ions and then ions are in the ground and then end up in the sky and power is involved because of that but to expand the theory Lots of people have thought about what the ancient Egyptians might have used electricity for. (laughs) And one of them is wireless light bulbs that they carried around in their hands. (laughs) And another one is... Like a candle. Like a candle, yes. Uh, But also wireless communication. Um, So they may have used mobile phones or nefertifi. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good fake laugh. (laughs) It's not even fake. I'm just appreciating. It's sounded fake. I just have grip on appreciation. <laughs> uh, so that talk, Our Conspiracy Theories Harmless, is at the Wigan Pen on Thursday at 7pm. And it's free. Uh, now on to something to do at the weekend. This Saturday from 12 till 6, there will be the Little Clarendon Street party. Uh, so all of the shops and eateries on Little Clarendon Street will be opening up and will have special things going on like discounts or tastings. Um, so Natural Bread Company, Oddbins, Cafe Rouge and Demijohn will all be having free tastings and there'll be cocktail demonstrations at Demijohn as well. Uh, Demijohn is the liquid deli that DI is a uh, reasonably big fan of. They're usually pretty well stocked in the office. Um, as well as that, Ellie Sanderson, the wedding shop, will have a brides in wedding dresses performance. I don't really know what that means, but it's very intriguing. Maybe they'll be getting married. That'd be a strong performance. Oh, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Uh, there'll also be music from Oxford City Choir, Jamie Stewart and Bagpipes, not all at the same time, and poetry and stand-up performances from Ruskin events. Uh, Little Clarendon Street also assures they've ordered some sunshine, but I'm not <coughs> sure even Jericho have that kind of sway. Uh, it's Saturday noon till six. For all lovers of sheds... <laughs> Which obviously includes us. Which, yeah, we're we're all we're all shared fanatics here. Uh, there's something at the old fire station starting this Saturday, open for the next couple of months that will interest you. It's it's a lovely collaborative project called Shared Space. Oh, I, I get I it. I think you have to say I have to say, you have to say it in a posh way. Exactly, works much better with your accents than mine. Um, which is loads of sheds within a shed, right? <laughs> 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 I was not expecting that to be what that was. It's not quite concentric sheds, but there are sheds within sheds, guys. <laughs> Is there anything in the little sheds? And, uh, I don't even know. Like I, I um, small sheds. I think it? you'd have to be very small to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everything, every way I can think of describing it makes it sound like I just imagined it. Um, it has things growing on it. <laughs> Um, the things growing, growing things. And things growing. A little bit like, did you see the thing that was at the Tate Modern recently? Um, it, it was kind of like unintentional plant growing. That if you take things that were previously outside, they will just have somehow gathered seeds or the ability to grow stuff. Mm. You know, it, it sprouted as the exhibition went on, um, but it was still the viewer was kept kind of far away from what was happening. So that will not be the case at the old fire station. Alongside the the main project, there are workshops and other things happening alongside it. Do you get to build a shed? No. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a logical workshop. So Mm -hmm. there's kind of standard-sized shed in the the main gallery, with which we're familiar. With sheds inside. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
but amongst the people I've worked with, um, art and architecture students from Brooks developed the <laughs> micro sheds, mini sheds, uh, <laughs> which form the model, the interior model of the of the big shed. So they all took responsibility for that, and the little, the micro garden was run in partnership with Crisis, so Crisis members um, took part in a planning workshop, the results of which you can see. Um, obviously you can look inside the shed, so as you gaze in to the, to the many sheds that exist there, they've also installed mirrors in wonderful ways, so it looks like, as it says in the website, you soon become lost in an endless sea of sheds. Uh, before it sounds to Alice in Wonderland, I uh, should mention some of the workshops. So one happening this weekend um, on Saturday afternoon is with Cathy Miles, who works with wire, kind of draws with wire, and you can make sculptures. Um, there will be furniture makers um, forthcoming weekends. An artist responding to the exhibition using second-hand clothing. Artist and basket maker Sherry Doyle um, working on a collection inspired by Charles Darwin's organ research. Wow. Just going to reiterate, I did not imagine this. This is all <laughs> real. Um, so it's opening this Saturday. Um, opening times are 11am to 6pm. And yeah, they'll be progressing, growing and changing as the season goes on. Because all I talk about is science talks in pubs, mm-hmm. uh, this week, or well, starting on Monday, is the Pints of Science Festival, which is actually a nationwide thing, but oh. they have a few sites, and Oxford is one of them. Is this because you don't don't really want to commit to going to a science talk in case it's a bit rubbish, so getting, if you're a bit bored, you can just... Get incredibly bad. Yeah, move, move away with your pint and pretend you, you weren't there for that. Uh, but you wouldn't want to because they're going to be incredibly oh, interesting. Right. Yeah, uh, they have different venues have different themes. Uh, so the four venues in Oxford: the Oxford Retreat, who are doing the body; Saint Olaf's Tavern, who are doing technology; uh, Joe Perks on Saint Clement's, who are doing astronomy; and the Slogan Lettuce in town, which is uh, do it on the mind and the brain. Um, and there's one event every night in each venue, so that makes. 12 in total. <laughs> and because there are so many, and they are selling out quickly, so get involved. Um, I've picked a, one for each day, which you should go to. It'd be super fun. So on Monday, at St. Alden's Tavern, uh, there are two talks, both on imaging diseases, and they're both on the heart. So the first is called Lighting Up Inherited Heart Disease, and is all about taking genes and cells from jellyfish and phosphorescent sea creatures and terrible things of the deep and insisting them into damaged cells in the heart so you can see what's going on cool very cool and the other one is about using MRI to explore cardiac disease so forefront of that kind of thing very very cool Mm. Um, then Tuesday uh, at the Slogan Lattice there is Friendship and Social Networking and this is a talk called Friends on Tap by Professor Robin Dunbar who is an evolutionary psychologist um, and there's been a lot of work on friendship in anthropology and psychology. Um, and what's come out of it is that they reckon the amount of friends you can manage or to deal with is limited by psychological factors, but also how much time you have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but social media labels itself as, oh, you can have 13 million friends and they're all your best friend or whatever. And so Professor Dunbar will be talking about why that's a lie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, we can still only have a few friends because we're very simple beings. <laughs> And on Wednesday, there is a talk called The End of the World at Joe Perks by Professor Chris Lintut, who apparently is from the Sky at Night. He is from Sky at Night. Uh, is he very good? Yeah. Cool. 
You should go to that then. Yeah. But he'll be chatting about what's going to happen in the universe in the next 20 billion years. So it's quite an expansive topic, really. <laughs> <laughs> How long is that? Half an hour in the pub? Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> um, but the Earth only has a billion left, which is like, terrifying. Oh. That's not much. So, you know, start doing things now. Mm-hmm. Um, and... My word of the day for all our listeners is that theory of how things are going to end and the study of that is called eschatology. 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 So to learn more new big words, you should go to the Pilot Science Festival, which is Monday to Wednesday at uh, all the venues I just said. And it's really cheap too. It's about £4 a talk. So. And £4 a pint. Yes. Probably. Uh, but if you fancy listening to a talk about science outside instead of the <laughs> Then we've been finding out all about the UK Wolf Conservation Trust, um, who are a bolted farm, which is near Reading. We saw some wolves at the weekend at Cotswold Wildlife Park. We did. We had a beautiful time. We saw lemurs and penguins. Oh. Which were your, What was your favourite thing? Uh, lemurs. Mine was penguins. Yeah, so we, that sorted. But we, <laughs> we saw other things too. It did. That is also a great day out. Yeah. <laughs> they also have wolves. But the UK Wolf Conservation Trust, uh, they're not really a zoo, actually. Um, oh. They keep wolves, but they're mainly for research and education purposes. And the whole idea of the charity is to promote good vibes about wolves and, you know... Good vibes. Good vibes, because they're not just out mm-hmm. to kill your sheep, is what they're talking about, really. Mm-hmm. Um but and so they have ten full ten wolves in four different packs and they have different types. So they have a pack of Arctic wolves and then a load of northwestern wolves and stuff. Cool. Really cool. And if you remember, you can do loads of really cool stuff like take the wolves on walks and things. But That's crazy. It's crazy. Really cool. But for all those people who just, you know, aren't sure if they're super fans of wolves yet, because all the wolves or most of them were hand reared and come from other zoos and things. They're quite good to humans and have socialised with them and can get on with them well. Every Wednesday they have an open afternoon where you can just go and visit them and see the wolves and there's a viewing platform. And Can you pet the wolves? You may be able to if you're very, very nice to the wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, their feeding time is at 2pm. So, Do they have a webcam? They don't. <laughs> what does have a webcam though is Cotswold Wildlife Park and their feedings are at 11 and 3 every day and you can watch them. For the penguins, that is. Another fascinating looking theatre piece right now, uh, which actually uh, has a few similarities to what we were talking about earlier on. Uh, this one's The Encounter um, at the Oxford Playhouse next week, running Wednesday to Saturday. Um, and it's a one man show about a photographer for the National Geographic getting lost in the Brazilian rainforest um, very much a one man idea as well as one man show uh, so it's actually a true story um, in 1969 uh, the photographer, his name is Lauren McIntyre got pretty thoroughly lost uh, in the rainforest while he was on a search for the Mayaruna people um, don't worry he eventually got found again and wrote lots of books about things and became famous and rather wonderfully um, had a lake named after him, the lake which is deemed the true source of the Amazon, which is named Laguna McIntyre. That doesn't sound like it should be the name of the source of the Amazon. It just sounds like a person. I want to name my child that. Laguna McIntyre. So this is a production put on by the theatre company Complicité. They are, quote, incapable of remaining within known theatrical boundaries, say the independent, Um, excitingly enough, and is directed by and starring Simon McBurney, um, who... Anyone ever watched Rev? He's a he's a like fiendish archdeacon. Um, also, oh, that guy. That's also a exceptionally Boston. round head. He's <laughs> pretty fantastic and incorporating um, find objects and sound effects into this one man performance. So 
sound is pretty important in this one. Um, the audience, it's, it's not quite like a silent disco, but nearly. The audience mm. uh, is all, everyone's equipped with headphones and lots of, lots of stuff is piped directly in there to uh, make you feel like you're in the rainforest. Um, and they play around with sound and perception quite a lot. Um, it's been getting fantastic reviews everywhere. I'd recommend you go and see it. It's running from Wednesday to Saturday of next week, um, every evening, and matinee on Saturday too. Tickets are from 15 to £31. This is Encounter at the Oxford Playhouse. And now my film pick of the week is actually a very old quite an old film rather than a new one Grave of the Fireflies is playing as part of the Phoenix's Studio Ghibli season and it is a stunning 89 minutes of animation oh. about two children's struggle to survive in Japan in 1945 after their family and home are destroyed by nap- napalm bombs by the Americans and it's beautiful and heartbreaking it's so sad and <laughs> probably my favourite Ghibli film yeah. and it's a really nice chance to catch it on a big screen and it'll be in the original Japanese as well with English su- uh, subtitles it's devastatingly based on a semi-autobiographical short story by Ikiyuki Nosaka um, and I would recommend everyone go along it's on Saturday at one o'clock at the Phoenix and sadly this is Orla's last cinema round of ever because she is leaving us I'm to do better things sorry bye There's other things <laughs> other exciting if you'd like to share your favourite memories of all those podcasts, <laughs> do let us know. On Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, at Daily Info Oxford. And for full events listings, as always, check out the site. There are just tons on there. And to have the Oxcast freshly delivered to your device every week, um, then be sure to subscribe. <laughs>